fantasy news, fantasy updates, fantasy clowning. We doing it all the time, baby. Champ and chump, fantasy dump. I'm your host, Chump. <laughs> the champ's here. I'm with my boy, Champ. We call him Commiss Tommy B. Forfeiting a season to get picks for the next year? Is it worth it? I mean, he's a nut job and a half, man. <laughs> Damn, boy. Champ and Chump, fancy dumb. Dump, I'm drunk already. Don't even know how, what our show's name is. Kamish, how we feeling today? We're good, man. We got some uh, questions coming in from the listeners, so we're going to see what we can do about those for y'all. Yeah, we got some some messages, some phone-ins, some emails. We took it to the, the fans to you know give us some questions about fantasy, what they think, what they want to know our answers about, our strategies, what our mindset is coming into the draft. Who we like, who we don't like, and we got some tough questions, Mish. I had to think about them. There's some, uh, there's some thinkers out there. You know, I was expecting, you know, like, oh, you like this guy, you like that guy, but you know, those can all be answered during like rankings and stuff. So I'm glad we got a little uh, variance out there. Yeah, yep. We got some shake it up a little bit. Let's use our brains a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to get this through the quick fantasy news we can talk about, then we can get to these questions. Yeah, just a couple tidbits here that we got. What you got? Uh, we saw that uh, Eagles guard Brandon Brooks wore his Achilles this week working out. God damn, so that's, that's my biggest fear. Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. I, just like your Achilles just snapping. Oh, Bro, man. and his his things like I was doing sixty yards seven seven out of eight of the sixty yard runs I was doing. All I heard was this pop. I'm like, oh, that's my biggest fear. Oh, so close to getting done, oh, too. dude. Oh, so I, I guess he tore his other Achilles like a couple years ago too. So like, yeah, uh, dog, drink your milk, son. Shit, <laughs> gotta get that calcium up, huh? Something's popping off. Um, this is the dude that was in the Amazon thing who had the anxiety attack though. Okay, I haven't got. I'm only so, like halfway through that still, so maybe. I oh, seen so that like part yet. it was like a big game, or whatever, and he just didn't play, and they're like, "What's the fuck's going on with Brooks?" Because uh, the Whatever rankings had, they rank him number one in yeah, uh, PFF rankings. Yeah. Yep. So he's like, and I guess he's the shit. But he just has he has like bad anxiety attacks and shit too. So this might set him back. Hopefully he come back. But that with that being said, uh, this is the number one uh, guard, I guess in football, um, according to these rankings. And everybody was, you know, ranking Miles Sanders close to that top 10 RB. Uh, is this going to affect my man? I don't know how much it affects him. I think, obviously, it's going to affect the team overall, just being there losing probably their one or two best linemen. And then they still have Jason Peters, who's still a free agent. I know he plays tackle and not guard, but that might give him a little more um, flexibility on the line if they go out and re-sign him now. Yeah. And they lost Big V to the Lions in free agency, so their line was already down a big guy. Losing this mm-hmm. guy, I don't know how much it affects like Sanders in particular, just because a lot of the Sanders damage last year came through receiving work. It wasn't a lot in carries, so yeah, I, I know we're expecting an uptick in carries from Sanders, 
I just I don't know if it will affect the overall output from Sanders. Nope, I'm I'm right there with you. I think his draft stock is still going to continue to rise. There's I mean, yeah, we have that's a big piece gone. Um Yeah, maybe hopefully that like flattens it out for a little yeah. bit at least. Yeah. Maybe creep into the second round, you know. Some people are putting him still in the late first, which is crazy, early second. Um he's definitely I think overtaking jojo mixon's hype um but we'll see yeah i mean it's, it's so early to tell but yeah i think it, it hurts a it's gonna hurt the overall performance of the team a little bit just losing a big guy and a leader like that on the line but they still have a probably i don't know top five but definitely a top 10 line in the nfl even losing brooks i know man i dude boston scott is getting juicier and juicier for me for some reason I, I like the year of uh, Austin Eckler last year just made me like think of more and more of these guys that might pop off in the later rounds. You don't like that, do you? I, I do think he's a nice little sleeper out there late. I mean, especially if they don't add somebody else. Yeah. Like if they're not going to sign a, a Freeman or a McCoy or something, then I think Scott is definitely a nice little sleeper late. He's gonna yeah. have a he's gonna have a role there. I mean, Peterson's not going to use just one guy as much as we want him to only use Sanders. He's still going to use Scott here and there. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know what brought me. I mean, he's five six. I like the small guys. Let's go. We gotta stick together. Speaking of the anti small guys, Mister Feed Me Some More, Zeke got the Rona, bro. The Rona, COVID nineteen, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it. And like I said, it's not gonna affect these super athletes. He's gonna go down with a cough or anything, but. It is kind of worrisome that they might delay a little bit because there has been quite a few in the Texas area. I think like six to nine players or something like that have or tested positive between the Texans and uh, Cowboys. Uh, they might put a little damper on things, but hopefully they. I mean, it is what it is, and they're just like, yeah, we'll get a cough for a week, put us in quarantine. We'll see you in two weeks and call it good. Right. Yeah, I think I saw that Zeke was asymptomatic as well. So that's good news. And then, you know, it just it's just a trickle effect. on. I mean, this is just the start of it. Once these guys start coming back to OTAs and training camp and everything, like we're going to see these players just get diagnosed all the time, I feel like. It's not going to it's not going to go away. That's my issue, though, dude. I'm, I'm salty as fuck because uh, Zeke text, or tweeted out saying, like, HIPAA, like, question mark. Saying his agent didn't even bring that out, so it had to be the doctor. I yeah. mean, I'll, somebody's leaking. Bro, uh, don't don't get my STD reports. You know what I mean? Shit, keep those on the <laughs> low, son. Golly, yeah, you gotta they don't need those us. in the public. Come on, I'm gonna sue your ass. But I, it's crazy. Um, like you said before, more and more people are gonna get it. I think it's just gonna be. Uh, if it's during the season, though, that that uh, IR spot might get filled up, though, man, depending on – it's going to be a little bit interesting. We'll see if it's going to affect uh, the players during the season. I can see it affecting them, obviously, because I don't think they have a cure yet. So what is your take on, like, maybe an extra extra IR spot? Uh, I don't know. What like Can we can you do that in leagues? Yeah. I is there going to be a COVID spot? I, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a, a certain COVID spot, but – like per site, I mean, like I don't think Yahoo is gonna add just oh this is this guy has COVID you can put him here that's it because I don't think the NFL is gonna label this guy's out for COVID it's just gonna be out like an injury report so I think if a commission wants to do it that way and they want to like manage an IR spot like that it's gonna be a lot of work for the actual commission doing that but I definitely see extra IR spots being added to leagues this year. If this is a, I mean, the season's still three months away, so we're not like, it's not starting real soon. So we don't no. know exactly how this is going to play out. I mean, maybe in three months, 
there's no more COVID outbreaks and it's gone. You know, we can't tell. But yeah, you just got to give owners some flexibility. And I think at least adding, I know our main league has one IR spot. Most of the leagues I play in at least have one IR spot just for guys that are on IR, pup list. Maybe he's out for two weeks or something. You can use that. So maybe yeah. adding a second or even third if you want to talk about that. Maybe it's a deeper league. Just to have those guys, if they do get COVID, I mean, if you get it, well, you got to be quarantined for two weeks, right? So that you might be out two weeks for a guy. Yeah. Sometimes that's a long time to hold on. You're telling me. I just, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's just what it comes to, you know, do your due diligence on the draft, bro. You got, I mean, do a better draft. They're going to, that means it's an extra bye week. Then playing on everybody having an extra bye week. Yeah, I think they definitely kind of come into effect on drafting. You know, you might have to draft more balance. You might have to draft an extra receiver running back rather than getting a backup quarterback or tight end because those are more spots you need to fill, whereas quarterback tight end are usually just those onesie spots. Yeah. And then maybe the handcuffs are coming into play a little bit more than usual, you know, especially the high end like Madison, Pollard, Latavius Murray. Guys like that are maybe worth a little bit more because of those, you know, Cook or Zeke. Kamara goes down. Those dudes are RB1s in fantasy. Yeah. I'm with you. Everybody, you got to hit your books. There's a definitely a different variable involved now with this whole COVID-19. Um, do you think he's going to drop weight now since he's sick? Uh, maybe. I mean, it might be good for him. Okay. I'm, I mean, that's what I'm, that's my thought process is. But, again, it's mandatory, what, a week or two quarantine? I know he's uh, asymptomatic, but – He's probably going to stay inside, which means the snack drawer will be open. Oh, yeah. Coming back as fullback Zeke, huh? I think so, which I like. I like fullback Zeke. Pound the you rock, should, too. Baby. He looks exactly like Mike Tolbert, you dick. <laughs> What's wrong with Mike Tolbert? The vulture? Oh, he just took everybody's, you know. He's he's like Frank Gore now. Frank Gore's turned into Mike Tolbert. Yeah, pretty much. That's that old vulture. Don't go away. All right. All right, dude, that's the news. I mean... I, we forgot to add, what, Breda to the the Finns last week because I was doing a mock and I didn't realize he got traded. Um, well, I mean, that's, that happened during the NFL draft, so maybe... Did it really? Maybe uh, you should do some, some research. Jesus, that really snuck under the radar for me. <laughs> I, I think it was... Well, like a, I think it was a fifth round pick Fucking during the draft, draft night. So. Yeah, so it was like a day three ah, draft. That vir- yeah, it's that virtual draft shit. Who gives a mm-hmm. fuck? Um, that's cool. And that's all I got to say about that. All right. <laughs> let's get to these questions, fan questions. For the champ of the chump fantasy dump, first time ever, we got some mail-ins. We got some voices. We're going to have some fans, I think, all around the world slash United States slash some mostly Michigan. Um, Kamish, you lead the way, man. What's number one? Who, what's our number one question? All right. We got Craig uh, from West Virginia. Solid yeah. name, solid wants place. To, wants to know, do you take bye weeks into consideration when making draft picks? And the answer to that, Craig, is no. I don't give a flying fuck. But unless you're a dum-dum and you draft three players from one team, which I've done in the past, then you're screwed for a week. So sometimes I've drafted a quarterback, a wide receiver, and the number one running back, or their second running back, which became the number one running back because of injury. And a whole week, let's say week eight, is now skadooshed. Boom, bam. Which that week eight is a big week because it's rivalry week in our league. And sometimes I got a thumb on my ass and I got to, you know, start Deshaun Jackson as my wide receiver one. Yeah, that was, that was tough. 
or Jamison Crowder as my number wide receiver one. Yeah, I'm with you though. I don't really take bye weeks into too much consideration. The only time maybe is I don't think they have them like this year or last year was when it was a week four bye week. Just because it was so early in the season, you can kind of plan for that a little bit. But I mean, these bye weeks, like I think there's a week 13 bye week or something this season. Like you can't plan 13 weeks in advance. Like your team's going to change, opponents' teams are going to change, these players' statuses are going to change. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to be picked up. Wait, Mish, is there 17 games? I mean, catch up. Is there 17 games this year or next year? There's 17 games. Oh, in the season, I don't know. Because they had that new rule, didn't it? did it pass? The 17-game season? I don't think that one passed. I think the uh, the playoff one passed, the adding the extra playoff oh, team Oh, okay. I don't know All if right. the 17, yeah. I don't Because they haven't adjusted the schedule. The schedule is still a 17-week schedule with the one bye week. Okay. I think Good that's when know. the – maybe that comes into play in the future, though, because I think that 17-game schedule had two bye weeks in there, didn't it? It did, yeah. That's what I was thinking. That that might be an issue. That might that might change some some things and some outlooks on bye weeks and drafting. But as of right now, yeah, I don't really look. I mean, the way I usually play fantasy, I like making a lot of ad drops. I like making trades. So my team week one after the draft is not even going to look the same as week three or four usually. So I don't take too much consideration into that myself. I feel you on that. I feel you. I'm the same way. I don't really care. Um, like I said, unless I'm, you know, having three players, four players that I fall in love with on the same team, which is unlikely, but it has happened in the past because I'm an idiot and I'm a chump for a reason. Um, hey, it can work a, out. Yeah. The part B to this, which is interesting, is what is the appropriate punishment for drafting a kicker before your last pick slash round? Um, I don't know. First off, first things first, you need to just get rid of kickers. So this isn't exactly. an issue. Yeah, get them out of there. They don't do shit. They're over. They have most people bitch about them because they got too many points. Um, but there is that guy in, in everybody's league who drafts Justin Tucker in the sixth to eighth round. It's not good. You gotta. There's gotta be so everybody on that draft, whether it's online, whether it's in person. You definitely got. You gotta give that dude some shit because. Justin Tucker, great, cricketer, whatever, sings opera, cool dude, I guess. But he does not belong anywhere in the single digits, let alone anywhere besides the last round, last pick dude, of your draft. I can shit out a kicker that gives me 10 points in a game. Like, that's all, it doesn't, it's it's whatever. They're all the same to me. Dude, Every single one of them. Monday night through Sunday morning, my 90% of my teams don't even have a kicker because I just drop them and I pick someone else up during the week. Exactly. And never trust a kicker named Kai. That's my only rule. Don't draft a kicker in the besides the last round, and never trust a kicker named Kai. Those are two good rules right there. Yep. All right, dude. Let's get to that. Was I mean, those are good. That was decent, Craig. Appreciate it from West Virginia Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers. I don't know what they're saying is, but um, John Denver. Uh, next one, Sean from Michigan. What up, Sean? What up, boy? Sean. Uh, what up, Shoddy? Uh, what's your ideal draft spot and why? I'll let you go first here, Mish. Uh, yeah, so I guess, the, I don't know. I kind of have like three answers to this one, but in the end, I think being in the middle of the draft is the ideal spot. So like that four through seven, I guess I would say. Ooh. Mm. Just because I like being able to react to runs. You know, like if a quarterback run happens, maybe a, you know, 10, 12 receivers go off the board right away or something. Like you need to be able to react to that. Whether it's, you know, grabbing the top running back that's still available because all the receivers went or, you know, getting that last quarterback in that tier that you have. 
And when you're out in the ends, you know, in that one spot, two spot, 11 spot, 12 spot, you can't really react. You can't really plan in those spots. So, I mean, I get the point of being number one. You obviously you get the number one pick, you get the best guy, and then you get three top 25 guys. But you're not you're not able to react to anything, and you can't really plan your next pick because there's going to be 24 guys drafted in between your picks. Damn, you're good at numbers like that, dude. 24? <laughs> Shit, you smart. Yeah, my ideal, I'm right there with you. I said three to five range. I like that stuff. I'm, yeah, I'm a pussy. I don't want that first pick, and like even if I mess up in the first pick, that second pick is like depending. Like those two are like major picks, but no. then after that, the pressure's off you. You can pick your guy who's in that range. The next go around, you pick another guy. You know, if, if even if it's the same position or another position, like you said, you can find people what they're doing. A lot of people then are going. You're seeing them go running back, running back, or wide receiver you're seeing their strategies before you get to your second and third pick so i kind of like that too seeing what everybody else's strategies are and then playing off those strategies and, and building your own yeah i think like you said you said three to five right yep yeah i think top five is definitely an ideal spot just especially this year you know you get one of those top running backs or c mag zeke barkley kamara cook i think that's pretty much top five for most people just being able to get one of those guys early is definitely an advantage so mm-hmm I was, if I'm gonna have to pick one spot, I would I would probably say four. Yeah, I like that. Me just too. So, just so you know, those top three guys, it kind of takes your decision out of it on which one of those top guys to get, and then you only have to decide between the guy you're taking and the one guy that's probably going at five. And just those those first or last picks in the draft, like you said, that snake draft, you gotta wait a long time to get that third pick, man. So long, and it's just you can't like, especially if you go, let's say you're in the 12 spot, you know, you go running back, running back. You're almost locking yourself into a receiver in the third round. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to lock yourself in when you don't know what's going to be there that far in advance. Yeah, and people in front of you could fuck you because they know you went running back, running back, and then you're looking at a wide receiver three as your wide receiver one. It's mm-hmm. not a good scene. It's not a good scene at all. People start crying. People, you know, people, you know, verbal altercations are, are had. Like we said before, fantasy is fun, man. Take That's it, right. you know. Calm it down. The golden rule. Wide receiver, wide receiver. Expect to get a shitty running back. You go running back, running back. Expect to get a lower tier wide receiver. It is what it is. Hopefully, your running back can make it up. Yes, sir. So, we got another one from Sean in here. Says, how much do you weigh, if at all, a team's defense when drafting that team's offensive players? So, I'll give you an example. Do you, when you're drafting, let's say you have the number one pick and you're deciding between C-Mac and Barkley, is the fact that Carolina's defense is absolute shit going to affect your decision to maybe go no. with Barkley or pick C-Mac? No, it goes it goes vice versa. It's the same thing. If it's a shit defense, um, okay, let's. I'll give you this. If the team's defense is shitty, I've put that into the case uh, a pro for the offensive team. So I put that in a pro for a quarterback. I put that in a pro for wide receiver, and I put it in for running back because they're going to get more chances at the ball. Um, the only thing I would hurt me is that running back position because of like like we said before, uh, uh, Jameis Winston with uh, Tampa Bay last year. They're not going to run the ball a lot when they're down three scores uh, by the f- second quarter because he threw three pick sixes. You know what I mean? So they're going to be passing yeah. a lot. So that might hurt your running back position. Um, but again, I'm dumb dumb like that. I don't even care about the defense at like beginning of the year. Um, 
I know who's good and know who's bad, kind of. I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers always has a good uh, defense. You know, Patriots somehow always have a good defense. Um, Bills are known to always have a good, solid defense. Um, it's the, like, Jaguars back in the day, Seattle. It didn't affect as much. Like, if they have a killer defense, it might be like, let's say San Francisco. It's going to hurt your 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 skill pass catching because you know their mm-hmm. philosophy. There's defense and run the ball. Yep. So I guess going at the team's philosophy might affect, but like solely on defense, I don't know. I don't really care. Yeah, it's kind of. I think we're on the same page there. I said overall, not much weight in it. You know, I think the you could use it as maybe a tiebreaker between two guys. Like let's say you're between Raheem Mostert and Chris Carson. I don't know. Just throwing two. Yeah. Names. Like yeah, yeah. That's kind of bags, you know, because they're both running teams. But let's say they were. Yeah, I get what you're saying though. You know, like if you're deciding between two guys, maybe use that as a tiebreaker. But I think it only affects a little bit. Kind of like you. I mean, if you have a good defense, like the Ravens last year had a great defense. So their running game was great because they just, you know, they had time possession. They're closer in game, so they don't have to rely on playing catch up. You know, they can run the ball because either they're up or maybe they're down like just a touchdown or something. So I think it helps if you have a good defense. It'll help that team's running back. And then if you have a bad defense, I think a slight uptick for quarterback and the pass catchers, whether it's the receivers, yeah. tight end, or the pass catching running back, just because that garbage time is going to come into effect. And you know, as fancy players, we love garbage time. Yeah, that's what Matt Stafford's known for, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, I guess you love to hate it sometimes, though. You know, you're playing against some dude and the game's over. Todd Gurley's oh, yeah. running in touchdowns, fourth quarter, down 30 points. So annoying. But, but yeah. I mean, hey, that's but that comes into play. I mean, shit, mm-hmm. Matt Stafford is the best best garbage time quarterback of all time you know oh yeah he lived on it for i mean that's how he got over five thousand yards those few seasons crazy no shit our team is terrible so he has to just wing the rock again we haven't had a thousand yard rusher you know what i mean in a long time Mm -hmm. so that's that's another reason dude you don't draft lions running backs you don't you know you don't draft san francisco wide receivers right now so whatever yeah, uh, I think it's more on the game, the game plan philosophy, like you were saying, versus how good their defense is. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean that's adding. It, yeah, it's adding into the that the defense is good or bad, but you're also adding in whether the offense is run or pass. So yeah, it well, it's like Tennessee Titans. That's a good right. example. Tennessee yeah, Titans. Go. It's like yep. it's all it's all defense and running the ball. I'm not gonna you know, AJ Brown with his skill set is a top. 10 wide receiver, but being in the Tennessee Titans, it brings them down a, a tier because of just the way their offensive philosophy is and their defensive prowess. Is that how you say it? I think I say you say it. Prowess? Yeah, that sounds right. We'll Damn, go with it. Smart today, boy. Oh. Wicked with the tongue. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I don't take into account. I don't go too in depth with that. But yeah, there's some teams I just don't I avoid for the position, like Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not too much on it, but you got. I mean. Oh, it's like everything. You got to keep in the back of your head for a little bit. Yeah, definitely think about it. Dude, we got another dude. His name is Joe. J-O-E from Michigan. Um, This is it. Number one, this is a two-part question. Or there's two questions because, God, these guys are just they, they're asking so much. Add it on, man. Damn. Who to target in first and second round? This is his philo- like a philosophy thing. Like, RB, RB, so that's mean running back, running back, so that's one, two, RB wide receiver, RB tight end, tomato, tomato, you know the drill, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Is there a philosophy that you are stuck with that you decide, or does it go year by year, draft position, 
like we said before, if you do go in that snake draft and you're in the last couple picks and you go wide receiver, wide receiver, you're guaranteed probably going for a running back in the third. What do you do? What do you target in the first? Or does it really alternate? Does it evolve per year? Yeah, I think it evolves per year. I think it evolves per draft. Like Exactly. I myself am a, I'm big on running backs. I always like getting a running back early. But I think it was two years ago in our draft, I went wide receiver, wide receiver. You took Julio, I know. Yeah, that. I know. Like two years, a year before that, maybe I went wide receiver, wide receiver. It's just the way the guys were falling. Like it, I mean, I got yeah, I got Julio and Hopkins that one year at the twelve thirteen pick. So that's just the way the draft felt. Like I wasn't expecting to get those guys there, let alone both of them. So it kind of changed my strategy during the draft, and I think that's just something you have to go into it with. Obviously, you have kind of a plan sometimes that you want to hey, you want to get a running back maybe in the first three rounds. You could say that. But if the best available is there that you didn't think it was going to be there, mm-hmm. you definitely got to take them and then just you just re-strategize after that. You got I mean, you just got to be ready to change your philosophy during the draft. You got to be ready for anything. You know, if you're coming in saying, I'm going running back, running back, and you're at the 10 spot and nine running backs go in front of you and there's no receivers off the board yet, and Michael Thomas is staring you in the face at number 10. With those wee beady eyes. Yeah, yeah. are you going to take the RB RB10 or are you going to take the wide receiver one so you just got to be ready I do if I'm going to answer this question with a real answer I would say to go running back earlier this year just wide receiver is deep you can get a solid guy in the third fourth round as your number one receiver yeah I mean shit dude you can't can't lock it no you can argue though like an Adam Thielen to anywhere to let's say Adam Thielen to Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, down the line are capable of being your wide receiver one if you go running back, running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's so many options. So even like Keenan Allen's dropping, I mean, he's still a, a wide receiver one talent. And I know it's a different offense with Phil Brooks, but just saying, like you said, there's, it's so deep that the running back position um, is key. I'm not saying go running back, running back, because that that is a higher risk. But let's say if nobody falls through that you want there is a guaranteed wide receiver in the third round that is suitable to to withhold if you do your, your diligence in drafting um what can we do your wide be your wide receiver one i mean and hopefully your running backs are two badass running backs in the first and second right that's also the thing if you go running back running back you're counting on both those dudes to be your you know the rb ones basically or are at least yeah i mean rb one if you're taking the first second pick you want to get those dudes in the RB1 top 12 territory. So you better hit on those picks if you're going running back, running back, or receiver, receiver, you know. And the only tight end you can talk about is Kelsey. So if mm-hmm. that – I mean, honestly, right now, to take him – take any tight end in the second, he's the only one that's matching up as a viable second-round pick. So if you do – even if you go wide receiver, tight end, his stats are wide receiver one stats anyway. So I, there's no argument there. Yeah, I'm with you. I've – Heard some people saying go, you know, running back tight end or running back, running back tight end just to yeah, just get to those solidify top your top three. Yeah, I'm not mad at that either because, I'm like we said, there's such a big drop-off after, shit, three or four tight ends. Yeah, I mean, Kelsey to me, he's right now I think his sweet spot is kind of that, that end of the second round is kind of where I start thinking about him. I think mid-second still a little too high. I think there's good value still on the board there at the uh, receivers and running backs. And then, people like him though. Like people like there's like there's players like you have Todd Gurley, Julio Jones. People mm-hmm. have their Kelsey as their guy. Oh yeah. What do you I think he went first round last year in our league. 
Yeah, he went first round. Yeah, so, I mean, hey, you got your guy, you got to get him. I mean, the dude was drooling making the pick. (laughs) I think he was, you know, I don't know if he was all there, but he definitely picked Kelsey in the first round. Had a frosty spoon sitting outside his mouth. Yeah, tell him not to touch his hands with that big-ass board anymore, nasty-ass. The stickers were extra sticky. Sticky, man. You didn't even need the Velcro. <laughs> look, look like the kid from uh, Matilda after he was done with that frosty. Like oh, chocolate shit. on his fucking face. It's a throwback flick right there. Woo! Oh, Danny All right, DeVito. man. Danny DeVito. We got a guy that drafts a kicker that looks like Danny DeVito. Hey. 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 Come on. Right. Bah! So Joe had another question as well. Another twofer here. This nerd ass had two questions. What is it? He said, what is a good technique to offer a fair trade? A good technique to offer a fair trade. And does that mean a good technique, almost like a good like etiquette, trade etiquette? I think that, yeah. I think you could say etiquette instead of technique. So my thing, my thought process is I weigh in. I don't, I use somewhat of that app just to see if it's crazy. But other than that, I go off of how I feel each person is done. Like, I don't go crazy. Some people just do it just to start conversation. Like, all right, well, I want Kelsey, and I'll give you uh, Frank Gore and um, uh, well, JoJo Mixon got hurt, so I'll get you know I'll give you uh, what's his name? Um, Gio. Gio Bonny Bernard. Okay, terrible. Fuck off. That's slap in the face. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I cut it off right there. So I do a fair trade. Um, I try to at least. So to start with this conversation, would you be willing to blank, 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 trade them? I will give you blank, blank, blank. Hopefully it's fair. And if they say, let's talk about it, I will propose a trade to them and I'll send a proposal to them. And if there is a, a 12, even a six to 12 hour lag time on that, I will throw in an extra reminder. Like, hey, what about that trade? Um, I give them, I don't push it, but as soon as we're texting back and forth and I propose it and they're saying, yeah, I will do it, and then I see no action, that's when the, the, the technique and the etiquette come into play. And I just kind of want, you burn a lot of bridges mm-hmm. in a couple, in, in those trade talks. Some people are fucking slime balls. You know, you got to, and sometimes I'll go down with them into that muck and I'll slime with them. I'll fight fire with fire because those guys are busters. And I'm fucking tired of these slime balls trying to get over on people. You know, I'm going to get stick. I'm going to get hard with it now, man. Ain't no more fucking around. Honest fucking people deserve great trades. If you're going to be honest and you're going to be of a good, you know, etiquette, good morals, I'm trading with you. Anybody else, you slime balls, those grease balls, those used car salesmen off a lot, those selling you lemons, fuck off. Let them know, man. You got to comfort the head sometime. Damn, they piss me off. They get my piss hot, Mish. Hey. I'm with you, man. You gotta, you gotta keep a good trade. Let's have fun. Let's have fun out there. Sorry, let's have fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Rule number one. Rule number one. Uh, I think yeah, you just gotta keep a good relationship with all the owners in the league on trades. Like you don't want to screw somebody over or burn that bridge because that's whether it's just that season, whether it's the rest of the time you're in that league. You know, you're removing a team from play and that team of players that you're able to trade for, like. I mean, on standard roster, that's 15 guys that you're not going to be able to trade for because that owner does, has no part of your trades anymore because you screwed them over. Yep. So I think the best thing that, that I could say to that is to put yourself in the other team's shoes or to look at that team and say, hey, this is now my team and someone offered me this trade. Is this something I'm even considering? Is this something that I would do? 
is there is there something to be talked about here? And you can't just lowball just the lowball. Like like you said, yeah. don't give me the Frank Gore, Giovanni Minard for Travis Kelsey bullshit. Like yeah, you know, I'm starting the conversation. Yeah, bullshit. You're trying to get somebody to get over and exactly. try to screw somebody over. You can't do that shit. Well, and then I don't. And I've been I've been into it in the past, which I've calmed down. But you cannot trade junk. A, a mass amount of junk for one stud, so that one that four four players to one trade will never work. Trade me your whole bench. Go ahead. By that time, I mean you know who these players are. It's not like it's it's even like a Raheem Mostert that's in that on the bench. It's these guys. It's these Frank Gores. It's um, the Giovanni Bernards. It's um, shit. Back in the day, the Ryan Matthews throwback name. Who mm-hmm. you know who they are. They're not going to give you nothing. They might give you one game of a touchdown for you know a 60 yards rushing. That makes them a fantasy uh, dog. No, it doesn't. I don't want them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's got to be fair offers, man. They just got to. They got to be. Are you willing to accept that trade if you're on the other team? Type of thing. And I can be like what I did last year. I traded, which at the time I was. I mean, again, you can be patient. This is just about trade etiquette. Um, Teddy Bridgewater became the starting quarterback. Drew Brees went down. Right after Drew Brees went down, I go, all right, this is a perfect time to sell Mike Thomas high. He was, at the time, doing great. I didn't. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to come in like um, this, all the Steelers quarterbacks last year. That was my thought process. I saw the Steelers quarterbacks just fuck up Juju uh, Smith, fuck up Connor. I was like, all right, this is my chance to get rid of Mike Thomas, who is elite, obviously, wide receiver one, and getting a guy that I think can – Help me win games too. So I traded the Michael Thomas for the Todd Gurley. Um, at the time, Todd Gurley was also slowing down a little bit. He wasn't getting the high numbers. So I thought with that that injury, Mike Thomas was low on people's. So I had to give him, you know. Anyway, bad trade. I'm a fucking dumbass. <laughs> but that was my thought process. It wasn't. It was fair enough. Obviously, even too fair to give somebody. But that was it. So like I draft on or I trade on my needs after or like if an injured like a secondary guy got injured for like a quarterback got injured for a wide receiver who's still wide receiver one I might trade him away try to get as much as I can for him just in case he goes down as like you know a like a Juju Smith Schuster last year who their quarterback play was so horrible that you can't really help like anybody. Uh, Kenny Galladay when Stafford went down. So stuff like that I look for. Um, it sometimes works. Most of the time it doesn't. Um, but I like trading. Trading is fun as fuck to me. I like the negotiation. I like sliming around. I like talking shit. Trading's awesome. Yeah, and you get some, you know, you mean trade a guy from your team to another team that you get a guy back. You're getting something new to your team. You know, getting something new, is, it hypes you up a little bit. You're like, oh, I got this new piece. He's going to fit great. And then you just got to look at their team and, you know, see what they need. Like, if I got Pat Mahomes and you're offering me Drew Brees, it doesn't matter who I'm giving you. Like, I don't need Drew Brees, so I'm not going to even talk about it. Yeah, So exactly. You just got to check the other team, see what they need, see what they want. Stop screenshotting. Yeah, yeah truth. True. Screenshots screen going do nothing. Send a proposal. Yeah, if you're if you're down to do that trade enough to screenshot it to somebody, just all you, all you gotta do is hit send offer right there. Like you don't have exactly. to screenshot it and then text it to them. You can just hit it's send a thumb offer away. and they'll it's a see thumb it. Away. All right, what else we got here, man? Oh, we got one. Uh, we got a call in question here, so we'll go ahead and let that roll. 
Hey there, uh, Champ and Chump. This is uh, Bill here, first-time caller, long-time listener, big fan of you guys, like what you got going on there. I was just uh, wondering if you guys had your heads wrapped around that Detroit backfield and if there was anything you and all your pointers you guys could give us into who we should be looking at fantasy. Okay, thanks. Oh, this is, uh, Bill. Bill, what to – what? Oh, this is so about the fucking Lions backfield. Fuck Bill. Great. I mean, where are you from in Michigan? Because there's no Detroit Lions fan outside of Michigan, right? Ooh, I hope not. You're doing something wrong if you are. What a weird accent. Yeah. Um, maybe he's a youper, but who? Oof. Tough out here. So what you doing with that Lions backfield, man? You you like uh, one more than the other? No, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I have no answer. clue. It's tough. I'm fucking uh, Swift is good, but again, Carryon Johnson was the hype. I. I don't like the pick. I think they're both very similar. Um, it's going to be a running back by committee unless someone gets injured. Maybe you're banking on an injury. Maybe you're banking on someone becoming way better than the other. Um, there's still a learning, learning curve in rookies. Um, carry on, kind of prove that. Um, I don't know. I didn't know. I, you would think they would go more power and not pick up a skilled, shifty guy. I thought carry on was kind of that similar guy, um, both similar size. Yeah, they're about the same size. They're just I think Carrion's three inches taller, and that's about it. Um, I don't like them. I, I mean, solid for Detroit. Go, go for it. Get two solid running backs. Hopefully, can get you know they can both equal a thousand yards. But um, again, you know what uh, Fatty Patty's talking about? He wants to do the the Sony Michelle James White shit. He wants to do the you know Corey Dillon. Um, I don't know what's that of the running game back Dan, in the day. Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead, you know, the, all the, the, the two-back sets, mm-hmm. three-backs, you know, in there, four-backs, just to have a plethora of running backs, which is cool, awesome, good for you. They show success in the past. Does nothing for you in fantasy, so fuck off. Yeah, it's tough to kind of get this going right now to see which one's going to be better. I think Swift right now is ADP of 75, so that's early sixth round. Carry-on's ADP of 90, so that's mid-seventh. So Swift is definitely getting drafted before, but – if double-digit dra- round and carry-on's there, because I don't think he will, but if he's there, I'll pick him up just for oh, yeah. shits and gigs. I've seen him slip. I picked up carry-on one of my dynasty startups a couple weeks ago. So uh, he's still a good player. He's still talented. Swift's talented. They are both They both can run. They both can catch. I think Swift is a little bit better pass catcher, just talent-wise. But third down backs, you still got to be able to pass block. You still got to know the blocking concepts and everything. And this short and off-season stuff, he, maybe he doesn't pick it up as quick. So maybe carry on gets a little more run early on. Yep. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, I will not reach for any backfield from the Lions at all. Uh, but if someone falls, that's crazy, like, falling, I'll pick him up, put him on my bench, hopefully, you know, get an injury, become RB1 solid. But Yeah. I think that's what it's going to take for one of these guys to, to come out and really be a fantasy factor, like a big one. Is an injury to one of them, and I, hey, I mean, carry on. Been on IR both seasons. He's been in the league, so maybe Swift is going to be that dude. All right, well that's good. I don't really want to talk about the Lions. If I can just, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things. Like cool. It's just downers, man. It just gets yeah, you thinking. All right, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll move on. We'll move on to the next one and get away from the Lions. We'll go over to another dumbass coach here. Uh, we got at Belier24 on Twitter. It says, how do you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a draft pick and not get a first rounder? So we were talking about this because yeah, I just told you about my trade, my trades. And last year I traded for Hopkins and then you get a first round pick for him. Or is he talking about the Hopkins trade 
for this year, and they didn't get a first-round pick for him. Right, right. That's what I was thinking. At first, I thought he was talking about your Hopkins trade, trying to call you, Thank you. out on it. But, I mean, you look back at that trade. Your trade was Tevin Coleman, DeAndre Hopkins, and a seventh-round pick for Chris Carson, Jordan Howard, and a sixth-round pick. So you moved up one round. You traded basically Hopkins for Carson. And Carson and at, that Car- time, yeah, at that time. And I traded Carson for a third, too, afterwards. I get, mm-hmm. I get a third for Carson afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So You were loading up on picks. Loading up on picks, I mean, all that comes down to is, you know, the trade deadline was coming up. You, you know, you were lowering the standings, so you were preparing for next year. Did Hopkins do good in the playoffs? Uh, he, he did very pedestrian, I want to say. Thank you. All right. Just wondering, did the person I st- traded Hopkins to, did he did he win? Is his name on the trophy? Mm, I don't think. Let me look. That's just, you know, saying trophies at my place. <laughs> oh, no, it's not on there. Okay, we're good. Good trade by me. Not mad at it. There you go. I think I think those question more now that we sat back and thought about it, it was more focused on Bill O'Brien's dumbass. Yeah. Trade in. Um terrible yeah. trade. Like so just to refresh, the trade was Hopkins in a fourth rounder for David Johnson, a second rounder, and then a fourth rounder next year. Oh cool. That's awesome. So I don't even more came out since I think we last talked about it, that it was basically Hopkins wanted a new contract. He wanted to renegotiate and Texans or Bill O'Brien himself were like, no, nah, we don't really want to do that or we're not really in the mood for that. But then they go and trade for a running back, a 28-year-old running back that's getting paid $13 million a year. Yeah, it would make no sense. You're not going to pay Hopkins $13 million a year, but you'll pay a 28-year-old running back? Yeah, you don't want, you're not even going to draft a running back on a rookie contract, which they usually just all they should take. I mean, honestly, in the, in the NFL, and use that money to save and, and send it to your – Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Fame, arguably wide receiver one for the last half decade. Um, idiotic move. Um, it's an ego move. Uh, Bill O'Brien um, seems like a, a decent guy, but when it comes to being a GM, stick to coaching and the GM part to give somebody else the reins because he's fucking it up. I Dude, mean, he's trading away their future out here for fucking Brandon Cooks and David Johnson and Duke Johnson. Like, it's just so funny to me. Like you see the the two, uh, I would say that arguably the next Peyton and Tom Brady's of the world in Patty Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Granted, that's that's high praise, but Patty Mahomes already got a Super Bowl. It's just funny to see the tale of the two uh, two GMs or two uh, franchises go. Mm-hmm. You got Patty Mahomes, who's they're stockpiling. They're putting all their money in defense and stockpiling. Weapons on weapons. Yeah, there's going to be a small window, and they're going to have to pay Patty Mahomes, but they know right now is the window to go get as many championships you can with the studs that you have. That's what I call all-in uh, fucking um, World Series of Poker. Phil Ivey, I'm smart as fuck. I know this is my chance to go all-in. Here's it right there. Fucking full house, bitch. Give me my money. And then you got Bill O'Brien, who's like, I bluffed. I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm also trading away all my weapons for my best player who to utilize him. You need to hit these weapons. Well, I'm just gonna give them away. I'm just gonna give them away. Here you go. Hey, it's like Oprah. Hey, do you wanna you do you want a Hall of Famer? Do you want a Hall of Famer? Oh, can I get the guy with the CT and can I get the guy with the fucked up hit in in hand? Yeah, they were good a couple years ago. Yeah, give me Brandon Cooks and then give me, yeah, David Johnson too. Let's bring him in. Oh, yeah, sweet. Randall Cobb still give me Randall Cobb. He has great eyes. Yeah, they look cute. Come yeah. on in. They are cute, though. Damn, dude. He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't like it for Deshaun Watson. Um, I think he might have a Jameis Winston's type of season this year. 
um, because he's going to be forcing the ball in so many areas. Um, obviously, I don't. I like David Johnson as a as a fantasy because they got nobody else. They're going to have to feed somebody. They did that with Carlos Hyde, who's still not picked up. Or maybe oh, you got picked he's up by Seattle. Seattle. Yep. He got picked up by Seattle, but he's not. He's definitely a backup running back quality. But they fed him a lot, so hopefully that David Johnson gets fed. Um, Duke Johnson's still there, can catch the rock, but. Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Kenny Stills with Will Fuller on soft tissue or COVID. Who knows now? Um, they're going to be question marks because, obviously, D-Hop was the man and will always be the man um, until he proves otherwise. Yeah, it's just Bill O'Brien being Bill O'Brien. I mean, when OBJ got traded to the Browns, who some would say is a not a great franchise, I mean, they gave up and the Giants. It was OBJ for a first round, a third round. And Burrell Peppers was like second or third year safety. So yeah, they at least did it right where they got, you know, first round and a third and a player. Man, I just, yeah. Bill O'Brien, he's just crazy, man. Crazy. Um, Didn't like it. Don't like it. It's going to hurt Deshaun Watson. But look out for him to have that high volume type of season this year. This goes back to. Yeah, their defense isn't great either. So they're definitely going to be playing catch up. Yep. I mean, that J.J. Watt is nothing anymore. I mean, he's. A shell he used to be because of his injuries. I mean, he's still a player, but he's not that all-pro type guy anymore. Um, Clowney's not there anymore. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but terrible trade. Terrible. B.O.B., do better. Yes. All right, we'll move on to our next one here. We got Tony from Jersey. The Jersey show, maybe? I don't know. Let's see what he's got to say. Tony! Hey, fantasy dump champ and chump. This is Tony from Jersey. Got a question for you here. Um, you know, it seems like the fad this year, again, just like last year, is, uh, you know, to go two running backs no matter who they are. You just got to get two running backs. Um, just, I wanted to get your opinion on that. Uh, you know, a few years back, you know, they were valuing receivers because they were considered safe. And uh, it just seems this year, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be, you know, um, you know, on Johnson there in the second round, and you take him because it's a, it's a running back. So I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on that. Again, big fan. Thanks for doing what you do. This is uh, Tony from Jersey. So, so it says that early running backs are, are fat again this year. Um, yeah, I think I think this is a reference to back in 2016. It was the year where the top five players on the board were for like draft rankings were Antonio Brown, OBJ, Julio, Adrian Peterson, and Hopkins. So you know, okay. four of the top five. We're wide receivers, and I think that's kind of where it's, it's going. Whereas, you know, you look at the rankings this year, most of the guys in the top are running backs. Yeah. So I think old Tony here wants to know. Should we zig when others are zagging? Yeah. Okay, Tone, still you slide, dog. You are from Jersey, bro. Hey. So, yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier from Joe's question about, you know, if you're going to go running back, running back earlier, wide receiver, wide receiver early, stuff like that. Dude, I, that's what we are kind of talking as well about being in the middle of the draft. Order. Yeah. So you can react that's to these runs and stuff. And that's kind of where you're like, am I going to zig or am I going to zag now? That's a decision. Yeah. With this, um, it's also handcuffs are important. Do your do If you're going to draft a high quality running back and there is a high quality um, running back too, like let's say Cook and Madison or um, shit. Any, if you draft the RB1 and most of those, I would look at everybody's the RB2 on the roster. Um, Melvin Gordon, uh, Austin Eckler type shit. There is always going to be an RB2. Do your research. If you're going to waste, not waste, but if you're going to use your top dog as a running back, um, look for their their handcuff. Because I think wide receivers are a little bit different. 
wide receiver, they use more schemes. They're, you know, if their top wide receiver went down, they're going to use wide, a bunch of wide receivers. Most of the time, though, they're going to they're going to do RBC too, but there's always going to be a lead back in that second running back position. I said a lot of clusterfuck things there. Just draft the handcuff, plain and simple. Yeah, I think going back to that 2016, those top five being four or five of them wide receivers, I look back at 2015 and of the top 10 PPR finishes for like running backs and wide receivers only, only one of them was a running back. So I think yeah, that, that kind of yeah that kind of affected the rankings of 2016, saying that oh hey you know receivers are safer and they're putting up more points now, so let's go with receivers instead of running backs early. But you look at last year's end of the season, you know full PPR, and it was kind of more balanced. There were six running backs and four receivers in the top ten, and but if you go down to just top seven, it's six of the seven are running backs. So I do think we're back towards the running backs being at the top of the draft. So those early picks, I think you still go running back with those early ones. I mean, you could throw Michael Thomas in there if you want. Yeah, I, I just think the depth of wide receivers a lot and the shallowness of the RB, our running backs. I think there's two tiers, and then it really drops off. Yeah, wide receivers gotten so deep these last few years, and this year's probably the deepest it's been. I think maybe in the – that 2016 rankings, the the alpha wide receivers, there were just not as many of them, and that's why those guys were higher up. I think I want to say that's kind of when PPR was coming into play a little bit more too. You know, it was coming more popular to be in a PPR league or a half PPR league than the standard yeah. leagues. So that well, might I be affecting La- a little I bit. I think I think Le'Veon also changed a little bit too, where these running backs now coming in, they're they're expected to catch the rock a little bit more too, or be in the offense. Like this, Miles Sanders should be able to be in the offense with the, the catching ability. That's what pisses off about Jacobs. That's what pisses off about Chubb and Hunt there. Look for more, you know, pass-catching opportunities for these running backs, which brings them a little bit more up on the rankings. That's why wide receivers come down a little bit this year because, um, obviously, C-Max the most insane running back-wide receiver combo that we've seen in Ridiculous. fantasy. Ridiculous. So, I think that's I think his style of game and him, the running back position kind of evolving into that you know, dual threat type of guy or getting a RBC where they have to get another running back that can catch um, changes the game a little bit. But I feel like for the last couple of years, I mean, there's always another guy that jumps up. It's usually three to five uh, type running backs. And there's always a, you know, three to four, you know, wide receivers that you can pick in that top eight to 10 and nobody can really blame you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. All right, so we'll go to our last question here. It is from my guy, Eddie P. from Michigan. Also the uh, the beat maker on our intro. A little fun fact Eddie for okay. Eddie P. So shout out to Eddie P. for that one. Uh, he wants to know, when you drop, when do you drop your dark horse picks during the season? Oh. So his example was uh, Kamara's rookie year. You know, he got drafted really late or not even drafted, and then people – Picked him up early because he was, you know, he's the backup to Ingram. I think that was the year AP started in New Orleans as well. Yep. So he wants to know, like, when do you decide to get rid of that guy from your team? When are you going to drop him and pick someone else up? If it's a – yeah, that's a tough question. Yeah, I, it does. Um, I think when I have a bad loss, like when I have a really bad loss mid middle of the season and he gets – the person gets one to three touches in the game and does nothing – Mm-hmm. I go search for somebody else. I go search for whoever's else hot on the waiver wire. Cause if I have a, if I get re- I, I go play off the emotion and that's always a, a negative and that's why I'm a chump. But if you're not, you ain't helping me win and I need wins. I got to go find somebody else. 
Exactly. I think it, it depends so much on the actual player themselves and the makeup of your team. You know, are you did you start 0 and 3 and you need hey, you need to make yeah, a change. Yeah. I have before, Kamish. I have started 0 and 3. I need to fucking get some And you know what? If you're a rookie, you ain't doing shit in the first quarter first quarter of the season, get the fuck off my team, man. I need you to be better. Yeah, and that's, I mean, usually week four, five, six, that's when bye weeks start coming in a little bit for, you know, maybe your quarterback's on a bye, you only drafted one, and this dude's sitting on the end of your bench, you hoped he would be something by week five, week six, and he's not. Oh, it's so Time annoying. To Time to go. Sometime, I hate it. You know? that's, I mean, I, I, and it's going to be, you know, Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, last year for me it was Curtis Samuels. I mean, the list goes on and on who you think is going to have a breakout year, and all the, all the fantasy pros, and everybody else says, yeah, just pick this guy up. Right. Um, kick rocks. Um, probably during the middle of the season or less. I'm having a shit year, and I'm you know uh, behind the eight ball right now. And I got his. I got to win out. If you're not gonna help me, you go. Someone else gonna pick you up in the waivers that has a better record than me because I can't afford to have you on my team. Right. I'll say a little a little tip. I talked about it earlier. Not having a kicker during the week. You know, if let's say you got this dude on the end of your bench, you don't want to drop him, but you. You need to pick someone up, whether it's injuries, bye weeks, whatnot. You know, drop your kicker, drop your defense for that week. And, you know, wait until later in the week, maybe Sunday morning or something, where you can make a more educated pickup or a drop because you have a lot more information than you did maybe on Tuesday morning when you're making some claims or something. And then, you know, you can go out there and, well, you have this extra player, and you can go out and do maybe a two-for-one deal with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might have to overpay giving them two guys for this, but you're going to drop a dude anyways. So you might as well see if you can get something out of it before you drop them. Play chess and not checkers, dummies. Yes, sir. That's why. That's why I never have kickers on my my team during the week, man. I'm always trying to make moves during the week, trying to do something to get my team better. Kicker, yep. Kickers ain't gonna make my team better. So only dead fish go with the flow, Commish. You got to do something differently, Ooh, man. I like that. I like that. I got one more. I got one more question. Okay. It's from our boy. He uh, talks like uh, Mr. Rogers. He, but he looks like a serial killer. His name is EDK. We call him EDK. This is a, um, uh, a gambling one, which I like. Okay. This is a good one. So listen to this. Um, he, he puts this as the tale of two tutties parlays. That's his cute little uh, thing of it. So this is his first parlay. Season long, or excuse me. So it's a single season long parlay. The first one is TB12, 22 plus touchdowns in a season. And C Mac 14 plus touchdowns and MT Michael Thomas 10 plus touchdowns. Pay six to one on that bet. So he's gonna bet a hundred dollars for this bet, six to one. So he's gonna bet a hundred to get six hundred here. Okay. Um, I think it's a guaranteed lock at this position. I think the one that is obviously an issue is that Michael Thomas tut to uh 10 tutties. Um I think the TB12 is going to get 22 plus. I think that's okay. I think the one that I'm worried about is the Michael Thomas uh, double digit touchdowns this year. I think I'm with that as well. I do agree that the TB12 22 plus touchdowns. I think that's as close to a lock as you would think. You know, on that vertical offense and just mm-hmm. the, the weapons he has, and what Bruce Arians does down there. I think it's great. CMAC 14 plus touchdowns. Is this 14 or more is, or 14 plus? 14. This was 14 plus. Damn. I mean, he yeah. had 19 last year, so it's definitely possible. He, yeah. He just broke a lot. I feel like he broke a lot of longer runs. Which could be hard this it's, year. You know, it's hard to rely on the big plays sometimes, but it's hard to bet against a dude like 
McCaffrey. You got to drop off Teddy, though, bro. Drop off Teddy's right there. Dump now. off Teddy. Yeah. Even better. But is he on dump off? How many dump offs do you see go for touchdowns? Usually dump offs because the defense is sitting so far back, you know? Robbie Anderson better start catching some vertical routes so fucking yeah. see I can do some shit. I think the. I, I don't, I'm not mad at the bet, you know, if he does decide okay. to take it. So that's. And then the Michael Thomas 10 as well. What do you have, nine last year? Something like that. I think it was. I, I don't know. I'd stop paying yeah. attention after I traded. Nine touchdowns. Yeah, and only. Three players hit double digits last year and touched. That's my issue. It's hard. It's going to be a hard one. It's a um, lot more spread out. So, all right, here we go. Here's the other parlay. So that was parlay one. So okay. the Tom Brady, C Mac, MT. Parlay two is Kelsey six plus touchdowns, Kittle seven plus touchdowns, and Ertz eight plus touchdowns. This pays out eleven to one hundred dollar bet. Um, I'm not touching tight ends, obviously, because of last year with a ten foot pole this next year. Oh yeah, that's a tough one. That's twenty-one touchdowns coming from three tight ends. I uh, that yeah, I can't do that one. I think I, I don't. No. I don't like that. I like the first one a lot, but I like the chances better. I mean, Kelsey yep. had five last year. Kittle had five last year, and Ertz had six last year. Neither one of the, none of them broke what that is. No, and parlays. I'm the king of parlays because I'm a sucker and I just don't have enough <laughs> money to bet real money. So I do parlays all the time for five dollars here and there to make twelve hundred bucks. Um, I have not, um, as you can see, I'm not wealthy from it. I think I've lost all my, I've hit, I think, three big parlays in my life with five to eight par, uh, bets in them, which is good. But if you bet, you know, a thousand times with $5 bets and you get three of them, not a good sign. Not a good sign. Stick to the, stick to the big money bets. Um, parlays are for chumps like me. But if you have fun like I do and just throw like a couple bucks here and there, see if it can hit. Um, this EDK has been a hundred, um, six to one, 11 to one as my pick. I am picking six to one with the Tom Brady, C-Mac and MT for that hundred dollar parlay to make 600 bucks. I'm with you now. I'll back you up there. I think, yeah, you're not going to make as much money if you do hit on it, but I think you have a lot better odds of hitting on that than you would to hit on the tight end touchdowns. That's just, that seems like a lot of touchdowns to me from those three guys. Yeah. You know, all right, folks. I think that's it. That was fun. That's that was it, a lot. Of, that was a lot of questions, dude. We had yeah. to think about that, that that shit. Man, it was crazy. Yeah, appreciate everybody sending the questions in. Whether it's you know, good shit, good shit. Phone call, Twitter, text, email. Someone sent a no, no one sent a letter, but you know, maybe, maybe you'll get here. Maybe you'll hear it next week. Yeah, maybe like a pigeon or something. You know, they send <laughs> pigeons and shit. Like an owl. All right, from folks. Harry Potter. Man, owls. Yeah, come on, nerds, get that owl going. <laughs> All right, folks, we're gonna be out of here, man. Till next time, champ of the chump. Y'all, peace. Peace.